Hallelujah. There aren't enough descriptive terms in human language to be able to express how great He really is. But I will tell you this. The word hallelujah seems to encompass a whole world of words that we don't even know how to speak. Hallelujah. That's what... That's what's going on in heaven this morning. That word is echoing and reverberating through the glories. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Amen. Amen. Thank you, praise team, for the great spirit of worship that has been brought into this place. And I appreciate the sensitivity to the Holy Ghost because it fits very well with what I feel the Lord has directed my heart to this day and if you have your bibles i would like for you to turn to the book of second corinthians the fourth chapter and i am going to read seven eight and nine of second corinthians the fourth chapter amen i do want to remind you that we are in construction mode and so uh There may be some times that things are not ideal. Please bear with us. Mud on the parking lot. Uh, If you get it on your clothes, just send us the bill from the cleaners and we'll get that taken care of for you. But I'm excited about what's happening. And uh, I'm thankful that God has brought us a great project manager, Brother Christopher Archie, and he has been a great help to us. Glad he's with us today. All right, the word of the Lord reads like this. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God, And not of us. We are troubled on every side. Yet not distressed. We are perplexed. But not in despair. Persecuted. But not forsaken. Cast down. But not destroyed. This is one of my favorite passages of Scripture because it reminds me so much of what all of us need to be aware of as we move through life. And it's summed up in verse number 7 that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Amen. Would you let me read that to you from another translation? Amen. The message translation says, if you only look at us, you might well miss the brightness Because we carry this precious message around in the unadorned clay pots 
of our ordinary lives. That is to prevent anyone from confusing God's incomparable power with us. As it is, there's not much chance of that. For you know yourselves that we are not much to look at. We've been surrounded and battered by troubles, but we are not demolished. We are not sure what to do, but we know that God knows what to do. We've been spiritually terrorized, but God hasn't left our side. We have been thrown down, but we've not been broken. One translator said we've been knocked down, but we've not been knocked out. Amen. I think I gave them a title. It's a long one. You'll have to forgive me. That wasn't it. (laughs) You guys have a great sense of humor. It was that next one. I don't need a title right now. Just forget that. You can be seated. (laughs) Maybe that might be the best title when it's all said. (laughs) As a matter of fact, I think that might be the best answer. If you don't get another message, go with this. The crown jewels of England are worth some $3 billion. And their wealth is well preserved in the Tower of London. The complex is a completely walled-in village. The only entrances are through the gates. The jewels are housed Inside the army barracks. The army guards that, that guard the British crown jewels in the tower guard or the tower of London. They mount centuries throughout the tower and at every street and on every path it is guarded 24 hours a day. Every day of the year. After dark, the grounds are heavily patrolled by an army with automatic weapons that you can only enter to pass through if you know the password. And if you by chance do not know, God, rest your soul. New security and high technology is involved with fiber optics that display it in a unique light. And the jewels are protected by a 
50-ton vault. Two inches thick the glass is, and it's shatterproof, and the, the cases are made of brass and contained in it inert materials and filtered air. A dedicated control room was constructed inside the barracks so that soldiers could monitor the jewels 24 hours a day. The Declaration of Independence and the Constitution of the United States and the Bill of Rights are also housed in similar circumstances. A steel vault and concrete vault that will withstand just about anything. Each morning, the helium-filled cases that hold these three documents are raised up by hydraulics that are underneath, and it goes into the display area for people to pass by and view them, and then in the evening, it is lowered back into its sanctum. The helium-filled cases which the freedom documents are kept in are kept at a constant 70 degrees with a humidity of 25 to 30 percent. There's also protection from ultraviolet light that is especially damaging to the fragile parchments. And the vault in which the documents are stored is fireproof, waterproof, and considered atomic bomb proof. At all times when the documents are on exhibition, they are protected by two armed guards who can activate a switch at any second that will lower them back into the vault for their safety. And yet our text says that in the irony of God, he would invest the most precious treasure in an earthen vessel. God continually throws things at us that are at opposite. He continually reminds us that to live, you must die. To grow, you must go into the earth and be covered. To gain, you must Lose and to be blessed. If you really want to be blessed and be multiplied so that your usefulness can spread farther, you're going to have to be broken. These are the conflicts between God's purpose and his process in my life. And I mentioned that a few weeks ago. God's irony to me is often humorous that the crown jewels that are worth three to five billion dollars are stored in such high security and yet God would place the invaluable treasure of his spirit and his life in me. A fragile, broken, imperfect, earthen clay jar. Amen. There's a conflict that some of us find hard to understand between God's work in us and us. There is a difference. 
Our text today draws attention to this contradiction of treasure in earthen vessels. The word treasure means wealth. It means a deposit of wealth. If God owns the the cattle on a thousand hills and he owns the gold in the hills... What is the value of that treasure? And yet he chooses to deposit it and put it in jars of clay. One translator said, cracked pots. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, you know what? I just need to remind you. I'm a cracked pot. Man, I know what you're wanting to say. Doesn't make sense that we share in his life, but we also share the risks of life. The Bible says that he was subject to like passions as we are. So there is nothing that we have faced that he did not face. Our text is a reminder that we live in a disadvantaged situation. We may be surrounded by his glory, and we felt that in this place today for a few moments. I think that's one of the reasons why we need to come to church together and worship, because there's an atmosphere of glory that fills this place And for a few moments, we are caught away into his glorious presence. But at the same time, as we are enjoying the presence of God, we are surrounded by life's weaknesses, by life's frailties, by life's frustrations. And we are surrounded by all of the challenges and the infirmities and the weaknesses and problems that come with This thing called life. And this is what I have come to understand about living for God. That no matter how great the glory of God may be that I enjoy, I am still a mortal man. I am still a cracked pot. I'm still a fragile vessel. And so what the Lord does in our text is highlight the difference that is us, me, my flesh, my weakness, my frailties, my insecurities, my fears, my doubts, my worries, my frustration, all of those things. He highlights the difference between that which is me and that which he has put in me. Amen. Amen. That which he has put in me is a treasure of inestimable value, and it is a presence that is worth everything. And this treasure that I have, though it be housed in a Human, mortal, 
frail, weak, doubting, fearful, worried, frustrated body cannot be hampered by that body because what is in me is greater than what is against me. Amen. And to some degree, we all are victims of life's quirky circumstances. I want you to understand today that we are all subject to chances and changes in human life. We live with a mortal body that is weak and it knows pain. We have a precious treasure, but it is in an earthen vessel. Amazing to me is that with all the power of man and the vast forces that are now under his control, we are still at the disposal of a human weakness that we cannot escape. We are inward and outwardly struggling against things. We cannot, you hear me, we cannot prevent sickness. You can't. You can eat all the healthy food. I've seen too many people that eat green food most of their life and die young. Now, I'm not telling you just to go eat bluebell all the time, but I'm just telling you. You can eat healthy and still die. You're going to die. If the Lord doesn't come, I don't care how healthy you eat. You're going to die. As a matter of fact, I don't care how healthy you try to keep yourself. You cannot prevent sickness from coming into your body. It's like trying to dam up a flood with your finger. It can't happen. It won't happen. You can't stop life from happening. How many have had some surprises in your life? Things you didn't expect. A phone call, a change, a transition, a tragedy. You can't prevent that. I can't. It doesn't matter how carefully I live because that's the earthen part of me. That's the part that I struggle with. That's the part that I have the most difficult time with is that I, I feel like because I am spirit filled, I should be exempted from all of those things. But the Lord said, oh, no, 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 no. You misunderstand my purpose. You see, my purpose in filling you as a broken clay vessel is that men, when they look at you, will not look at you, but they will look at what is in you. They will see something that is undeniable and something that is unexplainable. That in spite of their sickness, they just keep going. In spite of all the trouble going on in their life and in their family, there's still joy in their heart. They still can worship God. They still can pray. They can still talk to God. And that's the irony of life. We are powerless to prevent disease from infiltrating our body. You can stop drinking all the Cokes and Diet Cokes, but cancer is still going to be a reality. You can stay away from all the things that they claim have uh, 
carcinogens in, and yet still something happened. Something changed in your body, a molecular change in your body, and, and that cell begins to mutate and turn into some uninvited guest. We can't stop that because we live in an earthen vessel. Amen. We live in clay pots. Pascal said this, a drop of water or a breath of air can kill us. And it can. One of the things that the Romans used to do with their ruler, those who had risen to great power, is that there would be a law when when they would come in for their victory parade through the towns and the city and people were applauding and the streets were lined and they were throwing all kinds of flowers and things into the street and, and, and cheering on their leader. There was one who stood by his side and whispered in one ear and reminded him of all of his victories and all of his triumphs and all that he had done and all of his accomplishments. And on the other side, there was a voice whispering into his ear all kind of insults and rebukes and telling him how low down and worthless and useless The reason for that was that they didn't want him to get puffed up thinking that he was what the crowd thought he was. But he was in fact just a clay vessel and a broken one at that. And God through his word tries to remind us that we are not much different. There are two voices that are speaking into our life. One of them is telling us what we can do. The other one's telling us what we can't do. And you know, the only difference between us and that Roman king, we get to choose which one we listen to. And he didn't. And I'm going to tell some of you right now, you've been listening to the wrong voice in your life. And Paul highlights in our text some of the troubles that man will deal with in his life that you cannot prevent happening. You cannot stop them. He said it like this. We are undeniable. Certainly, there is no maybe about it. We do not get to choose what life does to us. But we do get to choose how we respond to what life does to us. Amen. And so he started through this list of four. I'm going to get to one maybe this morning. He said, we are troubled. Anybody ever been troubled in life? We are troubled. The word in the Greek means crowded. Crowded, pressured, pressed, thronged, squeezed into a corner. Life has a way of doing that to us. No matter how much you talk in tongues, no matter how much you pray, 
no matter how close you walk with God, you cannot prevent life from squeezing you at times. Sometimes life is going to put such pressure on you that you feel like you're going to burst. And there are all kinds of pressures that we feel upon us. There are all kinds of pressure that we feel pushing in on us even this Sunday morning. And none, none are more devastating and difficult to deal with than the pressure that life puts on us when it pushes us into a corner and and we feel like we have no way out. It's difficult. He said, you are troubled. You are troubled. You are pinned. No, you're not. You're pressed. You're only pressed. That's what Paul was trying to help us understand that life can press you, but it cannot pin you. I don't know if you understand, that's a wrestling term. None of you ever grew up watching wrestling or as a kid, my... Uh, they, they used to have those wrestling shows on. I don't, uh, what's it called? The WWE? Is that what it is now? Something like that? Am I, am I dating myself? No? Yeah. Now, they get on, they, they carry on, but in, in wrestling, the object of the game, if you go back to college where it's legitimate sport, not a sideshow, <coughs> The object of the game is not just to press your enemy or to press your opponent. You don't win because you press him. You only win if you pin him. That means you get both shoulders flat on the ground for at least so many seconds. And the referee's there pounding. One, two, and about that third time you see that shoulder come up and the recount starts all over. And Paul said, that's, that's how life is. You live in a situation that you cannot escape. You cannot prevent trouble from coming into your life. You cannot stay the hand of sickness in your body. Some of you are dealing with other physical issues that you are angry with. Right now, because you want things to be different and you would like for it to change and you've done what you know to do and you've tried every fad there is, but you can't seem to get your body to cooperate and you're angry this morning because you feel like you've been hemmed in. I'm trapped. Anybody ever feel trapped? I'm trapped in a body. I'm trapped in a relationship. I'm trapped in a job. I'm trapped. I'm, 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 I feel, I'm, I feel the pressure on me. I feel like I can't carry anymore. And life is trying to push you down and put both of those shoulders on the mat so that the count can begin. One, two, three, and you're out. But the problem with the, the whole situation is you can never discount what's in that man that's on the floor. And you know what? There's one thing that I hate to do. 
I hate to lose. I hate to confess that this morning, but I hate to lose. I'm going to find a way. I'm going to squirm. I'm going to kick. I may even bite. Hey, life's not fair. Why should I play fair? I know none of you have that kind of thought, but the truth is there are people in this building right now that feel pinned. And the truth is you're only pressed. Because if there's anything in you of life, there is still that ability to raise that shoulder. And start a new count. He said we are troubled. We are troubled. Life has put us on the mat. Situations have put us. We feel like we've been hemmed in a corner. And we're like, we're like, I don't even want to use that, that analogy because I would offend somebody. I was going to say a cat in a corner because I know there's some cat lovers in our building today, but <clears throat> whatever, you want a him in a corner. Nobody likes to be claustrophobic. Anybody claustrophobic? Man, you put me in a corner, we're going to have a fight. Hey Amen. Don't push me down. When I was a kid, they used to get on me because I was the skinniest, littlest kid in the neighborhood, and they would all pile, they dogpile you. they get on you and just ever, see how many kids can get on. Well, I'm at the bottom of that pile, and I'm a little bitty shrimp, about 110 pounds, and I couldn't even breathe. And you talk about mad, and I will tell you this. I don't know how I did it. I don't know how, where it came from, but there was something inside of me that wanted to live more than I wanted to die. And when they kept pushing my face in that dirt, something on the inside of me, something I believe God put there and God put it in you as well so that no matter what life may do to you, it can push you down, but it cannot keep you down. It can press you, but it cannot pin you. It can push you against the wall, but it cannot hold you there because on the inside of you is something that God put that has more power than any power that is against you. And you can get back up. You can lift that shoulder. You can get back on your feet. You can, you can start again. Hallelujah. Praise God. You are troubled. We are troubled. Yet, I love, I love little words like that in the Bible. This is the only Allah that I am thankful for. Not Allah as in what some would call, but Allah. A-L-L-A. It is the word that is most often translated for the word yet or but. And I had to be careful about my message today because I, I wanted to title it, you gotta have a, but I said no that won't work. <laughs> because all of us have those, but anyway, <clears throat> we just don't want to go there. But anyway, what, what I'm, What I'm saying is that 
God put a word in there that transformed everything, that changed the whole situation. It transformed what looked like was going to be. It turned it into a whole new ball game. It it put a whole new look on the life that was there. It put a whole new situation on the table. It see you see, the word means that there is an alternative to what could be. There is an alternative to what is supposed to happen. The outcome that should be, there's something else that could take place. There's something else that could happen. On the other hand, uh, on the other ways, uh, there is a way, uh, uh, there, 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 there is a nay, there is a no that will rise up and say, you know what? I'm not living like this. I'm not putting, rather than we go down, I've decided I'm going to live and not die. I am not going to give in to what I'm going through and rise back up. Amen. He said there's something else available. Life may hinder you, but it cannot stop you. Say that with me. Life may hinder me, but it cannot stop me. Life can crowd you, but it cannot hem you in. To where there is no place to go or no way out. You may be pressed, but you're not pinned. And you are never so pressed that you have no room to maneuver. He said we are troubled. Troubled. Yet not distressed. We are not like those who have no hope. You still have a move. You still have an option in your situation this morning. You know, the amazing thing is what they did to Paul and Silas was some of the most cruel things that they could do to any human being. They beat them with stripes. Now, We don't understand the gravity of that because we've never had a beating like that. But the whip that the Roman soldier used was a short stick with long leather tongs. And at the end of the the leather tong, they had tied pieces of metal, huge pieces of metal, that when they would strike the body, it would literally dig in and pull flesh away from it. And the Bible said that they had beaten them with many stripes. And then they bound them hand and foot. And they put them into the inner city or into the inner prison. And the Bible says that that's where they were at midnight. But what the Roman soldiers could not do was stop their mouths. Amen. And with just their mouth, hands tied, backs bloodied, hearts broken, feet in shackles, probably feeling like they had been done wrong because all they had done was preach the gospel. And yet they still had an option. They still had a move. And that what that move was, and at midnight... They began to pray and sing praises to God. At midnight, 
They opened their mouths and they began to use what was available to them. They might not have been able to use their hand. They couldn't use their feet. Their bodies were hurting too much, but they could use their mouth. And so they used the only thing they had available. But that's all that God needed to break into their situation and transform that thing into a revival. And I'm here to tell somebody this morning that in your mouth right now is the power to transform your situation. That in your mouth right now, no matter how pained you are, no matter how hurt you are, no matter how disappointed you are. Hallelujah. If you'll just open your mouth God have mercy. You can change your outcome. Amen. Just open your mouth. You see, my body may be confined, but my spirit is not. My attitude doesn't have to be. Say my attitude. He talks about not being hemmed in. You may be limited. This morning, some of you are limited by bodily situations. Some of you are limited by work situations. Some of you are limited in relational issues. But you are not without a move. You are not without a way out. Not without hope. Even if your body is confined in some difficult environment, you're trapped in a body that's not functioning right. The heart's not working right. The liver's not working right. The kidneys aren't functioning properly. My blood pressure's not acting right. My heart's not doing correctly. My my my. My body is gone into revolt and revulsions. Even if my body is confined in a difficult environment and some narrow circumstance, I can still escape. Amen. I can still escape through His Spirit that is in me and soar into another world. Some of the greatest Ministries that have ever been accomplished in life have been accomplished by the blind and the lame and the halt. Those whose bodies were racked with pain and yet out of their pain flowed praise and songs that ministered to the ages and and words that helped those who were coming behind them understand that your body doesn't have to trap you. What you're going through doesn't have to hem you in. That's not who you are. What is on the inside of you is more important than what's happening around you and on the outside of you. You may not be able to control life, but you can control your response to life and you can control your attitude toward life and you can choose in your moment of pain to open your mouth and say God you are great and you are greatly to be praised. You can say God you are above all and through all and in us. 
Your body may be hemmed in a slum, but my soul can reach the presence of the Almighty God. And the answer is simply this. No matter how bad it looks, no matter what life's done to you, there's a way out. Say that with me. There's a way out. He's not going to leave you without a way out. He's not going to leave you. He's not going to let your enemy so press you or life so press you that you cannot find a way through. No matter what you're going through. Amen. I don't know why I feel so strongly just to spend the time I'm spending on this, but I do. There are some people in this building that feel pressed by life. You feel pressed by what life is doing to you financially, emotionally, Physically, I mean, the list goes on and on. You work hard and you work harder and yet you don't seem to get ahead. All the pressure still there. You pray, but the problems don't go away. You pray, but the sickness lingers. You pray, but the pain is still there. You pray, but you can't escape what's happening. You can't get away from the fact that life keeps pushing you, and it's trying to hem you in to a corner and make you think that there's no way out. But God sent a simple preacher today to tell you that that is a There is still a way out. There is still a way through. There is still something inside of you that at that moment can raise that shoulder up and say, not today. I'm not going down today. I'm not dying today. I'm not losing today. Come on, stand to your feet and clap your hands to the Lord and give him praise. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. We are troubled. Somebody say we are troubled. But we are not in despair. We are, we are pressed, but we are, we're not pinned. We're hemmed in. But we're not without a way of escape. And if all that you have is your mouth that works, your body may not work, your mind may not be working, life may not be working, your friends aren't helping you. If you can just open your mouth and lift your voice and begin to call out to Him, He said, the reason that I've done what I've done, the reason that I have put my treasure in your broken vessel is so that the excellency of the power may be of me and not you. So that when it's all said and done, you can sing what they sang. You've been better than good to me. So many ways you've made. So many doors you've opened. So many times you've seen me through. So many times you've helped me. Hallelujah. Somebody say, God has been better. He's been better than good to me. Oh, hallelujah. Amen.
I want you to reach over and take somebody by the hand right now. And I want you to pray with them. God, I don't know what they're going through. I don't know what they're facing. I don't know what they're dealing with. But oh God, I know you know. I know you know. And you put something in them that would not let them die in this dilemma. You put something in them that would not let them perish under the pressure that they are under. Oh God, help me today. My God, help me today. Oh my God, help me today. Help us today to be mindful that there's a, there is a way out. I refuse to die in this dilemma. I am not going down with this thing. I am not letting it get the best of me. It is not going to defeat me. Oh, hallelujah.